0: I'm dying. Uh, I don't know who's talking. <laughs> Kim's got but I don't want to get sick. Oh, yeah, I, I, yeah. and
1: seriously, I, we all, you know, we're, I got a mask in my pocket. Hang on here.
2: Welcome to the Connect This Show. Nope, nope, that's not, that's not this show. This show is Connect This. And this is the first show we're ever doing with a live 0.35 second delay in our ears. That's going to drive Travis and I a little bit crazy. So if you hear my language being weird, it's because we haven't figured out the headphones part of being live entirely. We are super excited because we're going to talk about a fun subject that is very very real for travis today which is right of way and permitting issues as he expands outside of minneapolis and we have our two favorite guests which are the inimitable kim mckinley from utopia fiber come on down
3: (laughs) thanks for having me again
2: kim wonderful to have you back glad that you're feeling so strong vaccines work just uh, it was really great to see you in Houston. I'm glad you didn't get me sick. <laughs>
3: <laughs> hey, everybody needs a little COVID in your life. Um, but I mean, I did get the vaccine and I still got COVID. So be safe out there, folks. Be safe.
2: Yes. And and uh, it was not as bad for you as it's for many other people. We Absolutely. also have Doug Dawson, who probably has tie dye masks for his face
1: as well as his chest. Welcome back to the show, Doug. I do, and I'm never showing you my chest because it's really kind of embarrassing <laughs> when it's tie-dyed. I just want to say that this step up in professionalism that we're demonstrating today—I'm now going to hold out for the big panel because I've always wanted to be the center square. So I'll just <laughs> let you know, so.
2: Henry can do that. I have no <laughs> doubt. We are stepping up thanks to Henry, our our video consultant or our multimedia consultant. So we'll uh, we'll plug him at the end. But we also
4: have Travis Carter live next to me. Oh, thank you for getting me out of the house, The first time in a year and a half. I so really appreciate it. Except yeah. for the
2: times we went to the studio, oh. and we had
4: chicken wings.
2: And the president called you. The power yeah. just went out.
1: Just so you know, you two are blocked out. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs>
2: so <laughs> we're using we're using an SLR camera that every now and goes to sleep. So um, <laughs> we're going to keep an eye on that. Okay, I don't want to be the center square anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Travis with USI Fiber in Minneapolis. We've been uh, going around seeing um, some of the stuff that you're doing. Tomorrow, my team, which is in town, uh, for a retreat, we are going to get a tour of USI Fiber. So that's going to be awesome.
4: What, is that 9 a.m.?
2: I believe we said 9 a.m.
4: Boy, two, two, two days in a row out of the house. This is exciting. <laughs>
2: <laughs> now, we're going to talk about right-of-way issues in permitting. And in lieu of the uh, ordinary telecom peekaboo, you know, having this delay is like that, like, little brother or sister that just repeats everything you say in your ear. <laughs> um, I hear,
4: it. I hear, it twice. You hear it and the echo. So
2: the. Um, the right of issues are an interesting thing that just came up in my neighborhood where verizon appears to be deploying small cells and the sidewalks in my neighborhood are being destroyed and so we're gonna show some images oh here God. so this sidewalk was one year old it is was that your totally yard brand new
4: is, that- is this your is that your grass
2: no that is a boulevard on summit avenue one block away from
1: my house
4: Okay. Okay.
1: But, but so that's they, brand, that's brand new concrete.
2: That was brand new concrete. Oh they God. ripped up that street and the concrete, and then they, they dropped that asphalt. Th- and it didn't even they patted. It, it looked like they patted it down with their hands. Maybe they're like just. <laughs> um, now there's another photo as well. It's a little bit closer. It's ugly. And I wanted to say that as we talk about right of way and permitting issues, it's important to keep in mind that cities have to um, maintain the right of way. uh, And part of that means inspections after things are done to put in conduit and things like that. So Mm -hmm. um, now since then, so that was that's what the sidewalk looked before. And now we have a new box there in that area that did not destroy um so but since then i should say that there are letters on the asphalt which travis has a theory about
4: do i look at the picture or what <laughs>
2: travis had a theory room well they, that they're they're going to come back that that's a temp patch
4: oh yeah yeah yeah. no no it'll be temp so, so they'll they'll core drill because you have to expose all the utilities you are going to cross and then once you cross them with your conduit Then you put a temp patch in and then you hire your concrete or your uh, contractor. contractor. I'm still stuck with the word you said about Kim. I have to Google.
2: Oh, (laughs) inimitable.
4: Yes. Okay. Remind me to Google that later. so. (laughs) I'm all confused. So anyways, the contractor um, will come back and put in the permit uh, situation. So
2: I was relieved for that. And anyway, it just sets this, the, the tone because I feel like Kim and Doug are going to talk a lot about how cities don't do right-of-way well <laughs> and how we need to improve upon it. Um, but I do want to talk about why it's important for cities to take this seriously, where the money should go, and just the challenges of getting it right. So let me ask you, Doug, um, when you're consulting with cities, um, what do you tell them about right-of-way? Um, when that comes up,
1: uh, well, first off, I, I, I wow, no, I can even let hold on, oh my God, uh, wrong button, <laughs> um, okay, I tell them to start that on the very first day because that's one of those items that can just be a timing bear, because every city you go to has got a different set of rules, and sometimes the rules are amazingly stupid, and so you have to, I mean, it's the day after I know I'm going to town, you're in trying to find the city engineer and find out the rules because um if, if it's going to be hard you need to know that as early as possible so you know so that's my number one recommendation and then you know secondly is go talk to the other utilities not the other fiber guys because i'll lie to you but the other utilities and find out what you can actually get away with is, is my second recommendation
3: <laughs> i have a question for you doug so uh-huh. It can be, I represent cities, Utopia Fiber is a governmental agency, but do you think that sometimes it's just stupid and some of the rules are stupid because cities have gotten used by some of these carriers in the past, so they've tried to put in more rules to to kind of mitigate that?
1: Oh, 100%, because, you know, remember, it's one set of rules for the electric company, the water company, the gas company, the fiber guys, and so every time something bad happened in the past, they passed an ordinance, or or at least the city engineers made up a new rule a lot of times they're on official rules. Right. And so, and so now, you know, it, it particularly I'm, you know, not in the city where Travis is, but when you go down to a city of like 20,000 people where they may have, they may have not had a total build of the city since cable TV went in, in the seventies, mm-hmm. you know, they're not ready for this whole city to be built because over the last 40 years, they made seven ticky tack rules. To try to curb in ATT or the company, the gas company or somebody. And now all of a sudden you go to build and I mean the examples just are mind boggling. There's a the city that we want to do work in and you had to turn in a permit for every single pole, an individual permit. <laughs> it's like you it's like that's do, do you guys know how much work this is? And they didn't care. You know, to finally, you know, finally you go to the mayor and you go, Do you want fiber or don't you? But you know, sometimes the rules are just amazingly stupid. And, and I guarantee you there was a reason they did that. They don't remember what it is anymore, but there was a reason. I mean, at the time they were curbing somebody from being annoying, I guess. So,
2: yeah. Well this let's talk <laughs> about what we're encountering in St. Paul, Travis. So yep. what's the first thing that comes to mind, uh, in terms of uh, you're building your network in parts of St. Paul, looking at what it takes to pull permits. What happened?
4: So you would assume the permitting process of Minneapolis and St. Paul are similar considering they're a hundred yards apart. They couldn't be more different, right? Right. So St. Paul had a, or has a model where you permit per foot and you can only have so many feet on a permit and Minneapolis will let you permit an entire swath. That you're going to work in and then work off that permit. So, a single permit in Minneapolis would be the equivalent of 12 permits in St. Paul, if wow. my recollection is correct.
2: Did I blink? Uh, did Kim leave? She might have. this confirmation Kim left. Well, well you know she what? You're got- like making fun of Minneapolis and St. Paul. Well, and I think that she thinks that we were really
4: boring so far. So.
2: Yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, it seems but it's like it seems like you were lucky in starting in Minneapolis. Yeah,
4: well, we we dumb lucked into it, yeah, in hindsight. But the thing about it is what Doug alluded to when you're going down the street, you might run into a half a dozen different permitting authorities that you didn't even know existed. So when you submit your right. permit to Minneapolis, they're gonna be like, Well, did you get the county? Did you get the feds? I mean, we ran it, we ran in one this year. That we had a permit with the Air Force. I never who, who, who knew that, right? <laughs> Where were you <laughs> over by the over by the airport? But it looks like a normal road. It looks no different than anything else. And right. the Air Force. Now you got to figure out who owns that and how to do it, and the whole process.
1: Now, even in a fairly small town, you're likely to have private streets, city streets, state highway. A county highway yeah. and maybe even a federal highway, and then maybe some bridges and park crap. And, and it's maybe like maybe railroad. There, there's six or seven yeah. railroad. All of a sudden, there's six or seven different parties, and and this might not even be a big town. So, uh, yeah, it can get really carried away. So
4: yeah, so we'll do a route, and we'll have like one incomplete section waiting for the rail authority to get back with us. So we had a thousand people waiting for internet. This year, that we're waiting for a 30 foot bore to finish it off. This is really weird. Uh, we get this echo in our ear. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Kim, um, was that a glitch
3: in your internet connection? Um, we would like not to talk about that, but I am not on Utopia.
2: <laughs> I know that you're not on Utopia, so I mm-hmm. feel more compelled to call it out. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yes, it was a glitch. Everything went blank. We're doing so well technically today, guys. So we, are. Well.
2: <laughs> we were just talking about the challenges of, of moving down the road and uh building a network when you have to permit from multiple different sources. It's not just like the local government, but multiple. So you run into that too.
3: Absolutely. I mean, whether it's the railroad, whether it's BOR, whether anything, I mean everyone has its challenges. And we have a team at uh, Utopia. That's always trying to work through these issues, but like Travis had said, when I joined back in, I mean, it can be an issue. And when you, we're really transparent at Utopia of when we think we can service customers. So when you say we're going to hit you fourth quarter twenty twenty one, and you can't because you're waiting on a permit, um, that doesn't really go over well with customers either. Like, and they go, when can you service us? Well, maybe six months when we get that permit. <laughs> I mean, it's it's not a really good customer experience uh for anyone
4: no and then then the users are like well didn't you know yeah we put the permit in six months ago we're still waiting for that one person to rubber stamp it
1: yeah what's the longest you've waited for a permit
4: i think eight months yeah yeah Um, i I worked
1: i worked with north kansas city and and you can see downtown kansas city it's a little town right and it took them three years to get over a bridge. Wow. Now, <laughs> their, whole fiber say, network, their whole fiber network was built. It just wasn't connected. To it,
4: wasn't, wait, it was not waiting for that one bridge crossing. Waiting for that I will bridge. say kudos to Minneapolis. We yep. are on about a two to three day return of wow. permits now. Now and that's awesome. St- yeah, yeah, our suburbs of St. Louis Park and Edina are about a week. I mean, they, they've got it together. Now, yeah, I want
2: to ask Travis about the, the horrible story of the park board in Minneapolis. What are they trying to charge you for those uh, boulevards?
4: So there's no concept of a public right-of-way with the Minneapolis park board. So they want to charge per foot like you're buying real estate. <sighs> so I want to think to go, it was 150 feet. I want to say it was 15 or 20 grand. Yeah. So we just wow. said no, thank you. We're That's, gonna... I see those,
1: I see those kind of prices at some of the railroads.
4: Yeah. You know,
1: the big no railroads way. aren't bad, but over the years, the railroads have sold off all those old spurs. Yep. And the people who bought them bought them strictly for making money off of the permitting.
4: Really? They're, I mean,
1: there's, they're rusty. There hasn't been a car on them for 20 years. And it can cost you 15 to 30,000 bucks to cross the day. Wow. Yeah.
2: Wow. So I want to, put a little bit of structure on this which i didn't give enough thought to i should have said that one of the reasons that we're here is because we have a live audience with my colleagues who are in another room because of sound issues hi everyone <laughs> um it's a it's a wonderful uh, period of time here where we're talking about all kinds of issues um but anyway i didn't give any thought to this show and it doesn't show <laughs> this is amazing <laughs> um so the the thing i really wanted to talk about is how this works so we're talking about directional boring travis you jumped right into it but tell us how you what how it works you have to dig a whole bunch of holes
4: to a directional bar
2: right yeah so and I should say we brought them up we'll bring them up when they have a question they'll let henry know if there is a question and then we'll go over to the audience but until then we're going to move forward and i just want to walk us through you have to dig a bunch of holes down in the boulevard how's are digging underground okay i know what
4: you're saying and it's probably the same for kim too i gotta to imagine this is more universal doug where yeah, in order to bore and you're going to cross an existing utility either gas power sewer or water you have to expose those utilities so that when the The head of the drill is drilling through the ground in our up here. We're about three to four feet deep. You can actually watch the head of the drill go past the gas line. Obviously, you don't want to hit it. And now imagine if you have 12 houses on a block, you have to expose all 12 gas services, all 12 water mains. Really, the water disconnects, not necessarily the mains because the mains are so deep. And then you more or less snake the head of your drill down the street, get to the other end, attach your conduit um and pull it back and we'll, we'll see that process tomorrow and once you do that then you set up again and you go to the next block the next block wash rinse repeat do it over and over
1: you know now, now smaller I... towns don't have to do that what do they do what, at smaller towns what they're going to do is make you go to a depth where you can't hit anybody and so you don't have to so now you don't have to you can do a pothole for a whole block and so uh wow. so the, how deep so, do they go doug well, it could be four feet. It all depends on their okay. role. But, you know, and so so a lot of so big cities, I understand what you just did there. They do not want to blow a house up with a gas line, right? So, Which, by the, the way, cities the work in my place, I'll just than,
2: tell you, Doug, yeah. the, uh, they hit the gas line twice in one block. Oh, my, oh my heavens. They, apparently <laughs> they didn't, I don't know. Like the people, my neighbors were telling me that they were searching around for it for a while, and there was no evacuation order. So I don't know exactly what happened, but apparently they did something.
4: Well,
1: Nikki, and it's actually worse than hitting it because that makes yeah. sparks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, don't, but don't always think
4: they know where everything's at either. We nah. had that where the old steel gas line has just been capped. They ran a new plastic one up. When you did the locate so that they showed you where the, the line was, they showed you the plastic one, didn't show you the metal one, you hit it, and off you go. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. it looks worse than it is. I mean, the the circus comes to town when you hit a gas line. The fire engines are there. They're walking off the streets. They're evacuating houses. Actually, this is kind of a new phenomenon. Back 10 years ago, they just reached in there and crimped it and and fixed it.
3: Yeah, my favorite is when you see it on the news. Oh, yeah. How often do you hit that gas line? We don't hit gas lines very often, but if they're mismarked, you can't. I mean, you're going off of what Blue Stake says and where they're marking it, and if the drill... Um, happens here in Utah happens to hit a rock and kind of beers off a little yep. two inches. It could hit a gas line accidentally. To take
2: a step back. This is where, I don't know what, you say blue stick.
3: Blue stakes. It's kind of our, our, um, just our, marketing, it's yeah. our go it's for one. one, go for one. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yeah.
2: So, taking a step back. One of the expenses that Travis and other internet service providers incur is that if someone's going to dig or build something, they call in line and say, we're going to do this thing here that line tells everyone who's in the ground that they have to come out and mark where their stuff is. And if you don't do that and somebody hits your stuff, then they don't have to pay for fixing it. Right.
3: They're, they're not liable. Yeah.
0: No. So no, again, again in, and in a lot of
3: States what liable. happens
1: is all of the utilities contract and one guy goes out and marks them all. So, you know, so that's a, that's a fairly normal process as well, where, where, you know, they literally walk sign up so that he, he one guy's out there doing know this. Of course, he still is running with four different colors of paint lines on the street. Here's the gas line. I and mean, when they leave, it's a mess. So. Uh, no, and I mean, like we've and
3: had places where, going. yeah, where we've had like, where we didn't have tracer line in our fiber and so it can't be marked and somebody hits it and we, they are not liable for that cost. We are because we didn't have tracer wire so it couldn't have been marked. Um,
2: and that's we, what I wanted to ask. What is tracer wire, Kim?
3: Um, it's just the a wire that goes in with the fiber. Um, and some technical equipment is able to read where the fiber is going down the line. Um, yeah.
1: yeah, it's a little why it's a little ribbony thing, which means the sonar radar they pump down there bounces back a signal. It's just a piece of foil, essentially. So yeah.
4: No, but it's
2: like charged up, right? You have to like turn it on within two things, right?
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You basically I think it was just a wire and you hook a toner yeah. up on the wire, and then you can use a beacon to find where your route is. Yeah. You paint it or flag it, it'll give you the depth. And if somebody hits it and it was marked, they pay. If you miss marked and they hit it, you pay. And sometimes when you bill them to pay, you won't get paid. So, <laughs> I mean, there's
0: <laughs> there,
4: or it'll be 365 days and you'll be arguing with
1: an insurance company Lumen yes. or
4: whoever they are now right. that they didn't hit it because they have a subcontractor who hired a subcontractor who hired a subcontractor and they're out of business so anyways the reality is <laughs> different than maybe what it's written yes we end up paying for most of it
2: okay right. so we're at the point then where um you dig all these holes you look at them and then you're supposed to fill them back in
4: yeah so we temp them I hope not as bad as the picture that you presented, but the reality is, is you use hot, like um, like a tar to tempt them so people can't fall in or stub themselves then we mark them in our gis system and then the concrete subcontractor comes out and repairs them
2: now you told me travis that this was not a really important part of running the business i was curious about that well
4: there's two there's two parts of the business that get no glamour but they are the two most important pieces first is the locators that locate all the fiber they, they play defense using a sports term and the repair crews that go out and fix the grass and fix the concrete and fix all the sidewalks and fix the street. It's its not a gl- glamorous job, but it's very important.
2: Are the repair crews like the Libero?
4: The special libero right (laughs) yes yes
2: travis is big into volleyball so it's his volleyball yes
4: no so they're out because at the end of the exercise when you're done blowing through the neighborhood because remember it looks like the circus came to town Mm -hmm. all the drills and the trucks and the back and all the people there what you what the ultimate goal is when you leave that street it looks like when you arrived there
3: yeah and for Utopia, like, one of our contractors, before we even hit the street, we do, like, take video before, yeah. so we know exactly what the restoration should look like afterwards, because it's amazing how many people who say we ruined their driveway, oh, yeah. um, their driveway was ruined uh, 10 years before that. Um, yeah, they were,
1: they were trying to get a free
3: upgrade to their yeah. driveway, right, exactly. So you're doing, you're doing, up. Uh, protect- hey, I think this just got no. real interesting.
1: There is a there's a third important nice. party, Travis. The third important party is the guy who goes and sues the homeowners because they think they own all these right ways. Like, oh, You're, you just <laughs> dug my tulips. You know, it's like, well, those really were not on your land. <laughs>
0: well, the funny part is, I like the
4: ones that, like Kim was alluding to, that are trying to get a free sidewalks, free yeah. driveways, free everything. Or the people that have the natural prairie garden, bunch of weeds, <laughs> right? It looks, it looks like crap. It's a whole bunch of weeds and are complaining that we messed up their their natural prairie butterfly garden. No, they've yeah. been too lazy to mow
3: it. No, it's amazing. yeah, it's amazing how many sprinklers we hit that uh, we didn't go within yeah. thirty feet of it. And our contractor is very nice, and a lot of times they'll just go out and replace that one sprinkler head because it's not worth the, the two weeks worth of fighting for a sprinkler yes,
4: head. you're going to see a miracle today that, that has never happened before.
3: Chicken Whoa. wings. Chris
4: Whoa. Mitchell provided.
3: Was it his staff or was it Chris? Valid yeah, it
4: point. Uh, Who paid? I, um,
2: <laughs> it was definitely my staff that uh, both came up with the idea and executed it.
1: Wow, can we really are second-class citizens. I just tell
4: you. Well, we wanted to talk about the show in February. We're coming to in Minneapolis, and we'll we'll do this again.
2: Now, the thing is that we we ran this through a board because Henry's a pro. Is that I can't mute myself while I eat. Oh dear lord! They, I
1: hope this show's over quick. Then.
4: How much of a project does the restoration cost?
2: That's a good question. Well, I want to ask. So, that, um, the uh, I want to ask him to start that while we go on mute.
3: How much does a, of the project does a restoration cost? Um, I am not sure about that at all. Um, I know that it's just in our contract that the restoration happens with a, the conduit crews. So, I'm not sure what percentage of that is, and that is a terrible answer. But I can probably follow up with you the next time I'm on Connect this. Well,
1: actually, actually, Kim, I don't know either, and the reason is because the construction is usually bid out on a per unit basis, yeah. and and the restoration's built in those prices. Yeah. I have no idea what percentage of it is either. It, it's just built. It's part of what you get. So, uh, and so, yeah, I've never seen a line item for it. Let's get a pile. Um, I don't know. Yeah, yeah.
4: I know it's panels impressive. are panels are like five hundred bucks each to replace yeah. new panels in ADA corners are like thirty five hundred to 5,000. So I, I I really encourage not disturbing them, because you can't just fix a little part of it. You have to redo the whole thing. Um, the piece. Yeah, the sidewalk pieces. Um, you know, a few flowers here and there. That's not a big deal. But I, I like Kim's deal where we, we do the same thing. We, we take pictures of the of the area before we disturb it. And then you also have the Google Images Mm-hmm. So we can see that crack sidewalk from 20 years ago that the person's complaining about they want a new one.
2: Yeah, That's why I was really concerned about this area that I walk regularly <laughs> and how ugly and, and, lar- and just misshapen it is. So I'm really glad they're going to probably tear it out and redo it. Yeah. Well, that's,
1: that's, that's still that's unusual, honestly. Usually the temp guys even do a fairly good job. So, you know, Verizon either cut corners or it is the con- subcontractor of the subcontractor
3: of the subcontractor.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who's and you're some. only as good as yeah. the per- people on the ground. So Technically,
3: right. yeah. And in, in the city, if they're going to really go after them to replace it, because some cities just don't take the time, but other cities are more diligent on going back after the contractor to make sure it's restored correctly.
1: Well, and that's a really good point is inspections. A lot of cities inspect every one of these stages. They're mm-hmm. inspecting the potholes. They're inspecting the temp plugs they're expecting in the final. Green. And so, you know, those folks are not going to let you get away with anything. They they come out and make sure if there's any dirt that you've put on, uh, you know, some sort of screening, so it doesn't you know roll away in a windstorm or a rainstorm. And so that mean some cities are really, you know, into that and other cities barely come out at all. So um, that's why, that's I see why they- my, my, my first comment was find out what you can get away with. <laughs> <laughs> and that's yeah, you're, nasty, you're always going to you know? try to put it back the way it was. Yeah. But if in the middle, if you don't have to be quite so anal, then that's you know it's nice to know that. Mm-hmm. So. Well, that's
2: where I, I, I'm curious about Kim's perspective because you're both representing the cities, and then you also have to deal with right of way policies in each city, and you ever have conflicts along those lines i mean how does that work out for you
3: i mean absolutely i think it, there is sometimes and i'm still not used to my my face coming up so big on these things but um, <laughs> we have to work through um because they have to treat us exactly the same as they do any telecommunic other telecommunications company. so we re- run into the same obstacles that a verizon or an at and t would run into um i think that our strategy is that we work through relationships that we have with the city to, to really, um, resolve those issues in a quick, a quick manner, because at the end of the day, the city is the one who's asking us to put in, um, this infrastructure. So, yeah, I think we do have a leg up because we are part of the cities, but it doesn't get give us any advantages of the permitting process or whatnot at all. No,
1: I have, I have something that I have to say here because the one that always kills me is when a city builds it themselves. And then the, the crew show up, and then that's the day they find out they have to follow the same rules as everybody yeah. else. <laughs> because they, because over the years when they did little things, this electric company, they didn't follow those rules. But but they, when they do the big build, they have to, because the other carriers are making sure that they do. But they all, the, all of a sudden, they go to start their construction, and they didn't pull any permits. Yeah. Like I've seen that happen. It's like, yeah, nope, go do your own paperwork, dude. Um <laughs> You know, cities, they don't, they, and all of a sudden you see those ordinances change real fast when that happens. Absolutely.
3: (laughs) I mean, we've run into where we can't get permits and that's one of the reasons that we do the model and that we build in specific cities that we don't build all in one city all at once because you're going to overwhelm the permitting department and they're never going to get them through. So we are constantly working in four or five cities. um, So we're not overwhelming those city departments with permits.
1: Well, oh, and that's and that's another really good point because some of these cities you're talking about one guy who's got three other jobs and, and you know it's you know if you go give him half of a city's worth of permits, you know you'll get him back in, in July. <laughs>
2: I think, Doug, you might have followed this closer, but one of the things that I know Google Fiber has done, some places and some other companies have done, is that they will hire people and pay the costs of bringing extra people into the permitting office to yes. make sure they can get it done quickly.
1: Yes. I, I, I've had clients do the same thing. And so that, you know, when you're going to go to a fairly big city and they have a two person staff to do that. And you need 15, you just bring the temps in. and uh, Now the city has to think that's a good idea, but, I, but I've seen that happen several times. So,
2: yeah. Well, and then the other thing that I think about when Travis said this earlier, and I'm curious if Travis and Kim, um, not dog, I don't care what you think on this question. Yeah, me either. <laughs>
0: um,
2: is my sense is is that you would prefer if the permits were approved in 45 days every time versus maybe it's two days or maybe it's 75 days with an average of 30 days. You'd rather have it predictable than
4: fast.
3: Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. True. Yeah.
4: yeah. You
3: can't you I can't, don't know how you
4: guys do it, Kim.
3: Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. How,
4: how do you guys do it out there? Because we we might do it a little differently here in Minneapolis.
3: Um, what do you mean? How do we do it? The, how do the
4: permitting we, process.
3: Um, I mean that we just submit them. I mean, I like. What do you mean of the? Well, process?
4: okay. So uh, since our construction season is only about April first through Christmas, we actually submit submit most of our permits over the winter. So that it gives them time, gets them approved, and then we get them back, and then we start executing in the spring. And then we continue to file them for the following year all summer long and then into the mm. winter. So we're, we're trying to be six months, a year ahead, but, but I try to negotiate that with the permitting people because most of the permitting people I've met are pretty good folks. They just want to know what's going on and yeah. give them enough time to, to work through them and in, in the right format. And some areas it's just a few days, some areas it's a few months. When you get into the rail and, and go in the big government, it takes forever. I
1: yeah. just gotta say Travis wins the nice the nice overbuilder award because I've never heard of anybody do it a year ahead of time. Well the thing is, is you know, we're, we're, we're working with
4: these we're working with yeah. these folks, right? We have right. to i yeah. learned early on if you make their life and their job easier. Right they're, they're more likely to work with you on these yep. things. So our permitting package is, is pretty good. I think it's actually one of the best and we try to break it into small enough pieces and get them, them plenty of time to get them approved.
3: Well, I think Can do you- well, you have the luxury though, cause you have a, you have a build season. We're building yep. 12 months out of every year and we have a lot of big time frames associated with our builds so once our stuff comes out of engineering it's going into permitting um because we have to turn yeah. around these builds within one year or two years at max in order to get some of the financial um implications uh, okay satisfied well,
1: here, well here's the one that we're, we're <laughs> all, right, all going to do that we're going to we're going to see gonna, 400 horror stories next year when the nti grants are supposed to be built in one year I think in includes, includes engineering permitting and building no way is that ever gonna happen but i wanted to
2: i wanted to clarify what kim had just said because for people who aren't as familiar like engineering is where people that have less of an exciting dating life than kim um, <laughs> figure out where to put everything which tells you which side of the street and, and presumably how many conduits and things like that you need and so you're saying that as soon as that's ready you're just going in and then you try to get in the street as soon as that's ready
3: yeah, absolutely you ever have
2: periods where you just have like a week where you don't have work for people
3: i mean i think it ebbs and flows but i mean in order to keep good contractors in place you have to have a steady stream of business and that's what we try to keep maintaining is that that steady stream of the stuff that's going into engineering something that's coming out of permitting like that we're always moving it's a constant cycle of of projects coming in and out, and we have we have a good project management team that is watching this closely. So we have, um, just like as you mentioned in the um, permitting, we want to keep everything steady and at the same pace instead of having these big influx of builds and then no builds for two months. Yeah, no, I want to say,
2: Doug, I'm really disappointed. That I'm the only really eating wings.
4: Hold on, I was going to pull up the per- I was going to pull up the map to show you. <laughs> Okay, sorry. You want me
3: to eat some more wings? <laughs>
4: <laughs>
2: so I want to ask. Um, you need to know
3: what kind of wings you're eating. We did
2: great buffalo, them? and we got some Parmesan. I think is what is what Travis sent They're up fabulous. With. But we're gonna split back and forth and share. Um, the the next question I want to ask is actually for you, Travis. So you can't eat right now. Um. And and I'm curious about Kim and Doug's reaction as well, of course, which is that it sounds really easy in the sense that you're going four feet down, you're digging along, um, the lights go out, and, <laughs> and you hit something. Now, in Minneapolis, you adjust, and in St. Paul, they want you to start the permitting process over
4: again. Well, yeah, so I think you're talking in <coughs> St. Louis Park. Oh, right. I told you about. Okay. Yeah, 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 Okay. okay. So, yeah, so... You you draw out where you're going to place your duct, and in the event that you get out there and you start putting the paint on the ground of your proposed route, and the route is different than the documentation, now it has to go back to permitting, get updated, get resubmitted for a new (sighs) permit. Wow, that's brutal. Yeah, it's... You know... (laughs) Hmm. The problem is is you can try to fight the system, or you, nah. it's easier for us to modify our process right. than argue too much. And what I've also noticed is when you go into a city to start, you haven't really built the reputation with them. And after you do a good job, you, you do your restoration correctly, and you are able to make their job and their lives easy with the with the constituents, maybe they give you a little slack on some of these things but day one they start out pretty pretty strict because look what happened in your neighborhood probably some subcontractor from god knows where came to your town put through some pipe in didn't care and left and now the city is like what are we going to do
3: well that goes back to my main point is that city put these regulations in because of bad subcontractors or bad contractors they don't necessarily want to put rules in but they have to to avoid some of the situations that Chris's neighborhood um, is dealing with right now.
2: And Kim, have you have you run into the things like that?
3: Um, bad subcontractors, or um, where we have to change? Yeah,
2: I'm curious if you you know we know that you had real struggles in the past. Did you have a bad reputation with some of the cities that you had to deal with?
3: Absolutely. Some of our contractors were atrocious, um, and they weren't good partners. Um, Our B. Jackson, who is our main conduit, uh, who does all our conduit work, uh, now is the best in the business. And I think our reputation is better because we partnered with good contractors um, who make us look better. Uh, So, and they understand the relationships of the cities. So I think when you go back to when cities are looking to start this, you have to find good contractors. And um, as a governmental agency, we have to be very uh, aware of the cost but we also have to understand that just because it's the lowest cost on paper doesn't mean it's going to cost you the least uh, if you go with the cheapest guy because of restoration and other issues that come associated with bad contractors. Now the two
1: of you have a unique situation in that you, Kim, have steady work all year round. And so you can keep good contractors busy. And Travis has the whole winter to get his permits in. You know, most projects, are by companies who don't build fiber all the time, and they're just lucky to find a contractor. And yeah. They always get one or two really crappy subcontractors. It's invariable, and so you know they have to fire them as soon as they figure this out. And but if they do that, they might go two weeks without a buried crew, and so you know it gets to be a, a real problem. And so, you know, the industry has a huge pile of people who are just float from city to city, only chase the highest, you know prices per foot of building stuff and they have apps and they will do anything impossible to save money and get out of town three days early because they want to go to the next job and 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 boy that that and i'd say 80 percent of the people who are like you guys that's what we work with is those kind of it's really hard That, that keeping the crews you know from not going to jail and and (laughs) <laughs> and, you know literally, valid, yes. I mean, literally, I'm not kidding, and and all that kind of stuff is like a challenge that we didn't talk about. That's what most people have to deal with. It's you know it's it's really one of the hardest things you ever do when you bring in these people you don't know and and you quickly find out that you don't trust. Um, so the, uh, that's a big, big issue. The folks on the call here who you know are thinking about doing their first you know city fiber, man, they you got to be really careful. you got to be ruthless. Someone's bad, they have to go they have to go within the hour. It's like you're out of here.
3: Yeah. yeah. I mean, I I've yeah. heard, heard horror stories from Utopia oh. fifteen years ago yeah. where we had contractors who were urinating and people with oh, like stuff like that. And that's well, like I,
1: that's the mild stuff. <laughs> but, yeah, that is the
3: mild but even with our current contractor, when he subs it out. Um, if they do not perform, I mean, he is—he has is no has no qualms of firing them on the spot because he understands his reputation and his right, business right, right. is on on the line. So, yeah, there's some really bad contractors out there, but it's only going to get worse, Doug. It's, it's going to get it's going to get
1: way worse because there's yeah. not enough contractors.
3: It's gonna absolutely
1: now. People, I want to say are, I think people we, are going to pulling people out of prison work releases. Mike. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> we have some really good questions with staff. We're going to jump into. Um, I wanted to say that if I was really committed to comedy, though, the next time the camera goes to black, I would just smear sauce over my
0: face. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> the, the first question from staff is on the screen, which is, is permitting easier when you're deploying underground or on poles? I'm gonna oh, have we to haven't even to talked about this. poles. poles my, hold sense other is, is. my sense is, is this all happens before you get on the pole. Mm-hmm. You have to deal with all this and more. Is that right, Doug?
1: Yeah, poles, you have to have this all worked out with the pole owner. It's not the city. Mm-hmm. You know, and occasionally, it's a city if you got to go put in a new guide wire or something. But it, it, it's almost always just the pole owner. And now your problem is just, is that a cooperative pole owner or is that a pain in the rear end pole owner? You know, if the pole owner is the phone company and they don't really want you on there, they can make your life miserable. Most electric companies, you, electric companies used to hate fiber, but now there's so much fiber built. They've really gotten pretty good about it because it's so routine. I mean, I've seen a big, big improvement in the relationship of, of getting the poll, polling done. They've also come along, It used to be just a massively horrible man. You had to literally write out the permits and now it's gotten all automated and it's, it's gotten way better. But, but, it, but uh, the poll stuff is a, a lot more work up front. It's a lot more paperwork. Uh, but it, but because the guys usually doing the other end of it are engineers and stuff, it usually gets approved much quicker. But it, but it's, but it, but the actual filling out of the of the paperwork you know, polls can just be a mountain. I mean, it's it's not hard to have three feet of paper you're turning in. So right,
2: I think in Nashville, then Google needed to get on like 130,000 polls. Yeah. For I mean, it sounds like it's roughly one poll per family or something. <laughs> well,
3: that,
1: that's probably about right. Actually, there's a lot of polls in the city.
3: So, yeah yep. i mean for us we've gone like we have the phone company who owns some of our poles some of them are electric but we've actually ne- been waiting six plus months for some of those permits as well and mm-hmm. what we've decided to do is just to go underground in some of those situations right. to avoid the poles right because right. you have no idea when you're going to get the permits. so it's quicker to do hey let's let's dig underground for an for 500 feet and then go back up on the pole that we um, might be a might be the power company that we have access to. So I think it's just a creative solution to how to get around some of these permitting issues as well. But you
1: really on need on to you have to do your homework time. and really understand that utility's rules because they're all different, and they can be massively different. So you just have to learn that up front in a real hurry. Because if you just go in with a standard set of permits and they don't like them, you're, you're getting nowhere. So, um,
4: Massive, so you know, I'm
2: wondering if Travis is on a single pole anywhere. Nope, nope,
1: he, he
4: doesn't, doesn't do poles. that. And you're lucky. Too, too difficult. You just yeah. can't get on them.
1: Well, I need to make my three-minute speech about uh, one-touch make-ready that doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't. The government came along and they said, we're going to make your life better one-touch make-ready. So they created two kinds of polls, simple and complex. Simple polls, you, you put in your permit. If they don't react, you can go do the work yourself. Or actually, most states, you can use, do the work with a pre-approved contractor that's on the list of the poll owner. But you, can, but you can get it done and you can blast through. Complex polls are every bit as bad as they used to be. And if you go down one block, you're gonna go, simple, simple, complex, simple, 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 mm-hmm. complex. It doesn't help you one bit. I still mm-hmm. can't get down the street. It doesn't do me any good that I got 80% of them done because one of them can stop me. Mm-hmm. So one touch maker Ready is absolutely worthless. It has not improved timing one bit. And anyone who tells you it does, Occasionally you'll get to a town where the poles are in good shape. One touch make ready is great. You know, you, there's a lot of places that's not the
3: case. So. Or, or you come to the place where they have to replace the pole because the weight load isn't um, compatible with right. adding anything else. So, or, or,
1: or, you, or you get to the small uh, municipal set of poles where they are about 30 years past their due date and they want you to replace <laughs> every single one. And I'm not kidding you. If there's a town in Colorado who wanted every pole fixed. Fifteen thousand bucks a piece.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the cost of replacing a pole is fifteen thousand dollars.
1: Well it can be because you it's not just putting putting pole in, you gotta go and move one utility at a time mm-hmm. from one pole to the other and then you gotta cut the old one down. Oh it, it it can easily run that much, yeah. So especially ones at intersections where you're going two directions can be thirty thousand bucks. It's they're nightmares. So. Mm-hmm.
2: So there's a general question of, from people that want to hear about railroads and bridges.
3: They're nightmares. Is that what I mean? Like, <laughs> I, Has
2: Utah done anything to simplify it? I know like Colorado, Minnesota, I think some of the Dakotas probably one or two, <laughs> not three or four um, of the Dakotas, uh, have passed the laws to make it a little bit better, but uh, what's it like in Utah?
3: No, not that I'm aware of. Um, This is not my expertise, but not that I'm aware of uh, that we have any uh, rules that have made it easier for us to get um, across some of these uh, areas. I would love to see that because, I mean, I think that would um, accelerate some of the deployment in some of these areas, especially where Travis, or not Travis, Doug was saying about railroads that don't even exist that you have to still pull permits for.
1: No, and not only do you pull permits for them, but they make the process complicated on purpose because they want you to basically bribe them to, to bypass the process. And so, you know, first you put in your permit and you pay a huge fee two, three, five, 10000 just to submit the permit. And then they say, well, you know, we have to have a guy come out and look for it. Well, he's in New York and we're in Oregon. So you have to, you have to fly him out there, me. <laughs> and then, of course, and he's going to schedule that three months from now. <clears throat> and so he's going to come out, you know, and I'm I'm going to make a 30 foot bore, Travis. I mean, what the, yeah. yeah. You know, and it, and he's like, okay, that's fine. And then then you go and actually submit the real permit, and then that's another six months. And then all of a sudden they find out there's another ten or twenty thousand dollar fee, and <laughs> we don't know what it's for. And it can easily take six months to a year to get across the railroad that doesn't even exist anymore. It's it's just a horrible system, and it, and it's honestly, it's 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 legally sanctified theft theft because these railroads are dead and so you know they should just simply we actually had one city who actually went through the process of condemning the railroad so the 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 guy lost the ownership of it that was Hmm. because their town their town i went through the middle town and they had to cross it 20 times it was never going to happen. So and they just, con- they condemned it. So.
3: And I think we're not even talking about some of the worst permitting and stuff that we don't have here necessarily in Utah, but California is some of the environmental permits and what that oh. looks like.
2: Oh, I
1: got a good story there. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I, think, I
2: think it's worth noting for people that might read into this, but I think all of us on the call have some concerns about the environment and want to make sure that we're being yes. responsible. So Absolutely. it's not like we're sitting here saying like, you know what? Like, screw those animals, we don't need to save them, (laughs) or like, who cares if there's clean water? I have filters. Like, we're people that care about
1: these things, but we want permitting processes that work.
3: Yes, absolutely. That is a fair statement,
1: Chris. (laughs) So let me give you two short stories. One is in in Minnesota. Um, Minnesota, with some of this new federal grant money that came rolling down, they're now requiring an environmental study for even very short builds in the public right-of-ways. When you're in public right-of-ways, that ground's already been dug before. You know, it, 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 it's, you know, it's already got other utilities mm-hmm. in it and they're making yep. you spend 30, 50,000 bucks for a study to go, yeah, we're not gonna kill anything in here because it's not actually anything living there. It's not grass or trees or anything. And so that's, again, that is state-sanctioned ridiculousness. And there's consultants who do that work who just make a fortune doing these little stupid studies and they never find anything because there's nothing to find. Um, at the flip side of that, we helped. I helped somebody build. Verizon had abandoned the Channel Islands off San Diego. for, for National self, Park. National Park. And so, so the guy, so a guy I worked with, we, he got a state grant to go out and put in a new nine one one system there. And so we get out there, and the park guys go, "You can't move anything," and they meant you couldn't pick up a stick. And then they go, and you can't have any device that's outside. And so we're looking around and this entire island has like three little tiny buildings <laughs> on it. <laughs> so we had, I think that that they have the only cell site that is inside a hundred year old outhouse.
4: Cause that was the only possible <laughs> place. Was the only to, way, huh?
1: It was the only place to put it. And of course it's inside. So it doesn't have the world's greatest transmission characteristics, you know, cause there's no antenna on top. It's like, Oh my heavens. I mean, national park guys are just, they're, they're, I, I mean, I happen to be very green, but that they're way over the top of nuts. I mean, they're just insane. So um, hmm. it's like, come on guys. I mean, do you want, and they're the ones who, they're the ones who begged us to get 911 service, <laughs> <laughs> the very same guys. So. <clears throat> Good. How
3: are the wings? We have to know since. Uh, yeah. yeah.
4: Our, our moderator is busy. Mo- <laughs> Well I,
1: Kim I didn't t- you didn't hear cuz I was on early but after this my wife and I are going out on a date so you're the only one who's not getting dinner out of this. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'm the one and I think somebody in the chat asked me if I got covid after Houston I did. Um so uh, but but
2: no one I got tested no hmm. one that you were associating
1: with got it from what we know.
3: absolutely that I uh, am aware of. So
1: do we have a little note at the bottom of the screen this this uh, this show has covid? you're safe or something here. So. Well,
2: um, I want to <laughs> note that the, the wing shortage is getting worse by the minute. <laughs> uh,
4: hang on. Did you leave it here? Oh good, here. Start on these. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He's just afraid
2: of eating on camera my mother
4: told
3: me don't I i My mom doing that
2: too, but I don't listen to good <laughs> advice. <laughs>
3: which ones are better the parmesan or the buffalo
2: i've only been eating the buffalo but i'll tell you in a a minute here i gotta come up with a question first and i want to ask travis tell us a little bit about something that i was fascinated with when i visited you which is not about the permitting so much but just fact that like I was thinking of it like digging a hole is hard because you might hear <clears throat> this and that. But it turns out there's all kinds of problems of like the, the, the walls caving in on behind you and then trying to pull the conduit back through and it disconnects or gets caught on something. It's not easy.
4: Well, no. you and I didn't actually do any of the work, but it didn't look easy. <laughs> 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 no, it, um you never know what's underground. That's the problem. We've run into foundations, we've run into old refrigerators, we've run into a couple of transmissions because I think what happened and I'm not saying for sure, but what it seems like in some point <coughs> in the past people would open a big hole, pour everything in and fill it back in. And oh, when
1: they when they built roads, that's exactly what they yeah. did. You need it something. My house is a, up. 100 yeah. years
2: old and a neighbor. <coughs> um his property was just a dump
4: yeah so you just never know i mean we probably run into more problems running from the curb up to the home because the worst is when there's a brand new house in an old development because you know that half of that old house is under the ground
0: right so
4: (laughs) that is uh the reality and and the other thing okay. that's interesting is we don't necessarily dig anymore. We actually vacuum. We vacuum out the utilities. That's kind of a cool process we've changed. So cool. we used to have we have people with shovels that would expose the utilities. Now we have the big vac truck and just suck them all out. So How does that work? Kind of like a Hoover. I was <laughs> in <the> sucking <laughs> like, but like a
2: hole? Like it just goes in the ground and like claws
4: it? Yeah, it's, it's basically yeah. a huge truck with a big tank on it. It has a big hose on it and you put it on the ground and suck it up. I think guys
2: with shovels sounds more environmentally friendly.
4: Well, no, the problem with the shovel is we were hitting too many gas services, right? Because they would say the gas service is at two feet. So what do you and do? You dig the first foot and a half, it's at six inches. Mm-hmm. So right. now you, now comes the fire department and the whole everybody in the neighborhood's mad. And we get posts on social media that we're going to blow up the whole neighborhood.
2: Uh, Doug, are we losing you in three minutes?
1: Yes, yeah. you are. No, no, no. no, no. I'm good. More. I'm good till. Um, no, I'm I'm good for half an hour more. Then I have to buy payoffs. So okay, we no, we're not going to go a half hour more. Good. Though, we're good. Yeah,
3: where are you going for dinner, Doug?
1: Like- brand new restaurant. Absolutely, just brand just opened up. Do so. you have any idea what they serve? I. It's American food of some kind, but the next level. It's it's high quality. This is Asheville. We have like, we have like a zillion, you know, top chef people something good (laughs) i'll tell you Travis
2: got distracted got me distracted on uh, the vacuum but like i was interested what's bentonite what is bentonite yeah what is it used for
4: it's okay so when you drill the hole out it'll kill keep the hole open long enough to pull the pipe back through it's used in more sandy environments you know where the sand will just fall right in on behind it I just found that
2: interesting. because It seems like it's a whole art for the driller to know exactly how much of them. To well, make this make is the problem.
4: Difference. You just can't take any schmo off the street and chuck them on a drill and, and start drilling. I mean, there is an art to it. And we have different tiers of drillers. So if we, we call them our high profile crossings. These are the very complex under interstates, railroad tracks, under rivers, creeks, and whatnot. Those are, we only have two crews that can do that. Versus the general distribution crews who are usually the younger, um, not younger by age, but younger by ex- experience.
2: I just got, I just got a vision of Armageddon with Bruce Willis, the master driller.
4: Uh, oh yeah, that's what it is. When we, um, when we went under thirty-five W a few weeks ago, we had to do it at three in the morning, and it's like playing Frogger. You know, right. the guy, people are jumping across, and we drilled out, we pulled back, lost three pipes. So guess what? We had to come back 2 weeks later and do it again.
0: Yeah. It's just it's the now, reality now, of it. 30,
1: 40 years ago, this was all manual. And it was actually dangerous because these holes would collapse on people and I mean people would actually oh, yeah. occasionally get killed and I, I mean, you know, so th- it's way better and safer now. I haven't heard of a bad accident for a long time now. So
4: No, we had one. Remember Did you? When they flooded downtown Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. Some contractor hit a water main, and all of a sudden, half of the river was in the downtown. <laughs> that was a
3: oops, yeah, oops. That was yeah. a problem. But again, yeah. it was a missed mark. I have a question: Are does Hoover still make vacuums? Or are we talking about a Dyson vacuum when you refer to a...
4: I will Google
2: it. it depends Hold on up. how innovative. I feel <laughs> like Hoover is that old, classic, super reliable, it and is, Dyson's uh, really flashy uh, uh, and amazing, and cost efficient. Yes, Hoover does. Efficient. Well, they
1: still make them. I I, could just got a whole page of them. Yep.
4: And as yep. long as we're at that, what was that word you called Kim again?
1: Inimitable.
4: How do you spell that? No, I just
2: say
1: it. I am a table.
4: Inimitable? Close enough. That's good.
1: You know, th- this show educates along with entertains.
4: <laughs> so good or unusual as to be impossible to copy. Unique.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. No. Wait, someone's uh, called it uh, for us on the notes here. Awesome. Yeah,
4: I-N-I-M-I-T-Able. Able.
2: <laughs> I want to note that Kim sent me a note earlier because I'm her favorite. And she included a photo of all of her glasses, saying that she might have a problem. It was many fewer glasses than I expected.
4: What? You're just telling me now after an hour? Can we see it? Can we see it?
3: Yeah. But that wasn't all my glasses. Those are the only ones that are out on display. I think it was like nine. Nine. So, Wow. While we're
2: tailing with some loose ends, I'll just say that um, I've asked for reviews for the wings and whether they are future-proof or DSL. And I have to say I'm totally biased because they're from the national chain, and therefore I'm going to have to say they're DSL.
1: Uh, They're DSL, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're probably not even chicken. I'm going to smear my my face now. (laughs) Eat,
4: eat, Chris. Eat, eat, eat.
1: (laughs) I think we just lost the last Actual live guest on that. Well, I am <laughs>
2: curious if there's any other questions from people anywhere that about the uh, the digging the rights of way and stuff like that.
4: Is anybody watching this? Yes. And more people <laughs> are watching it. It. You. this. This is how useful you stuff.
2: Well, there's a seven up here by the eyeball icon. I don't, <laughs> yeah,
0: I don't right. have the that's 7. Right, you're not
2: logged in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So there okay. you go. Um, the, um, the California story. Did we really get into that? Because I feel like. California really is a
1: disaster that's what we hear from people California brings like half of the characteristics of the national park eyes down to the local level I mean they 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 really go overboard on you know I mean that little thing you just had with Verizon there oh my heavens that would have never been allowed to happen in California because there would have been inspectors out at all stages of it Um, but of course you pay for it. All those people that they have to do all that stuff, the bill goes to you. So I mean, it's, it's way, and it just makes it way more expensive there to get work done. So, um, but you know, yeah. it's, it's, it, it, in the long run, it is more public friendly. It kind of keeps the public, it keeps the bad contractors in line. So mm-hmm. That makes yep. sense.
2: Is there a way to be responsible and to make this work? Because one of the things I see oh, yeah. from people is that a problem is that this is very much one size fits all, which is something that government likes to do because it's not accused of picking winners and losers and whatnot.
1: What we've always found is, again, forget big cities like where you're at, but I've seen We've worked with a number of cities who, when they, because they wanted all fiber, they actually changed some of the rules before day one started, knowing full well that that's going to apply to everyone else now too. So they, they do a fresh start. They go, look, so now it's easier for Comcast too and everyone else, but they, because, you know, they, they, they've gummed up the rules for 30 years and some of the rules conflict and some of the rules don't even make sense. And they might've made sense with a different older technique And now they get, they just fresh it up. Uh, And, you know, and, and so, you know, so some cities are very proactive. Um, There's the exact opposite of that though. I worked in a, in a township in Michigan where the poles were probably 80 years old. They were 15 feet off the road, which means they were now in heavy woods and and you couldn't even find them, let alone put Mm. something on them. And, 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 the the county said and, and and meanwhile along the road is these awesome wide soft dirt ditches ditches and the county said you can't use the ditches you can only go over to the public right-of-way which is under the poles which meant drilling through <laughs> trees yep. roots thousands of tree roots and meanwhile the ditches are full of frontier stuff it's like it's like frontiers in there they go we don't care it's like you let them do it it didn't matter and, and the, and this was just an issue where the guys in charge of it were like 89 years old and they didn't give a damn about fiber. Yeah. And, and so the count, I mean, they really hurt this one township they probably paid 40% extra for the network because of that rule.
3: But I don't think it's a one size fits all. Cause I know there's a no. the chat that says what's the ideal permitting process. I don't think there's a one size fits all because nah. like said, there's smaller communities and there's bigger communities. Nah. And I think it's about streamlining the process and looking at the process and, and just streamlining it to the best of your ability. Um, yeah.
1: There, there's little communities for the permitting process as Joe comes out and look, walks up and down the street with you and go, you can do this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, you know, that's ideal, but that's not ideal if you mess them
3: up. I mean, I kinda, I-
1: I like a little more structure than that, actually. So. We
3: we we've, we've built we cities where they have one guy who knows where the water pipes are, so you have to walk through the right. city for the one guy who knows where the city water pipes are. I mean,
1: well, I've also I've also worked on a project where that one guy who knew where thing was went on vacation for a month and didn't tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's seven idle workers. It's like, oh boy, that's not working. So it, it it's 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 so weird and horrible sometimes that it's comical, but it's not comical when the when the money's going out the door and you're not getting anywhere. So, yeah.
2: So let me (laughs) ask um, him to start. What would you say in terms of the characteristics of an ideal permitting process?
3: Um, You know, don't don't overcomplicate it. I I mean, I can go into what we need and what we don't need but i think it's really dependent on cities but it's just to just streamline it with a certain level of what you need and don't over complicate anything that doesn't need to be over complicating which government is really good at um so that's it's i can get into the nuts and bolts but i just don't think that works i think it's just about streamlining and don't over complicate it for me what do you think doug
1: my favorite if i had any one rule it would be sort of back to the one travis brought up i want the, the best permit allows me to do a pretty decent chunk of work at once. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to have to do multiple mm-hmm. little permits because any one of them that gets in trouble kills the whole darn big section. And so, you know, I, I want, I want to be able to go in ahead of time and have enough work that I can set a crew loose and know it's going to happen. So that to me, that's the best permitting the paperwork part of it. You can figure out, Yeah. you know, and so once you've done it, once you've done a hundred different cities, it's like, okay, this is like that one. And, you know, that's that's really not that bad. But
4: it's, I think it, I think of this like homework in the limited number of days I went to school. If you do a good job on your homework and you don't they don't have a lot of questions to ask of you, the, the permits move through pretty well. Yeah, if you send them a yeah. Google KMZ and they're like, I wanna go here, <laughs> yeah, that that's gonna come back to you. It's gotta mm-hmm. be a proper permit that you submit. But no, I, Travis. Go but, ahead, Kim.
3: Yeah, there's a lot of other aspects. Is the, do you have good people at the city that you're working with who are processing these permits? Um, I mean, I think that we can put the ideal permitting process in place, but if you don't have the people who are working on the other side who are handling these permits, it can be a disaster just as much as anything. So I think where Travis, or, yeah, Travis was going is relationships are important. And right. the quality of work that you are submitting is super important as well, yeah. um, because relationships will get you a lot farther if you have a problem than if you are angry and yelling at the permitting people yes
4: and if there's a problem comes up, deal with it now and what's
2: the what's the magic word in the permitting office, Travis? you told me about this before please well that's a that's a terrific word <laughs> and, there's a magic word you. there and, and thank <laughs> you yeah. right right. The magic or word was. 20-year uh, plan.
4: Oh, you mean how we cheat?
2: No, 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 no. How you remind the city that it's actually trying to prioritize these okay. kinds of investments.
4: We dumbed in. I think I've told you this, guys, the story before. But I didn't know this, that cities do their 20-year plan. When Minneapolis did theirs, uh, we got added to the 20-year plan. So now wow. if we run into any problems with any department at the city, I'm like, we're in the plan. What do you want me to do? Sweet.
0: Yeah. What, Sweet.
4: Do you, what do you want me to What do you want me to tell the city council about the plan that they authorized?
2: When Travis says that they're in the plan, it doesn't say um, Travis Carter and whatever he no, has. No, no, no. It says that the plan is to get a fiber out to
4: everyone. But they've never read the plan, so I just tell them we're in the plan.
2: No, I mean, yeah. it was clear that Travis's investment is what the plan has yeah. in mind.
1: But it's well, that actually, that was going to work for you, but I just noticed that four of the people online are from the city. Boy, yeah, exactly. Now I, now not, <laughs> yeah,
2: not the no, but I think I mean, this is like, it's really valuable to understand, like Travis said, the people in the office yeah. that he deals with, they're trying to do a good job, they they, are. you know, and, and they need the guidance of whether Travis is out there doing something that's just like weird and, and not normal, which he is, but also whether or not that's within the city's vision of what it wants to be doing. And so when they see that oh this thing that we don't deal with regularly is actually something we're supposed to prioritize now we'll prioritize it
3: they want good partners cities want good partners i mean that that's ultimately they don't want to put these rules in place but they have to to block all the people who screwed them through the years they want good partners and if they have good partners i think the permitting process goes a lot smoother
4: yeah and i gotta put a shout out to everyone in minneapolis they're amazing but we've but we've built that reputation. you know they if, if they have a problem, we address it now, mm-hmm. and we don't we don't leave things I mean what I hear from them all the time is somebody did work like by your house. they don't even know who did it. They can't find them to help resolve the homeowners issue that's out front. That's what yeah. frustrates the city. Mm-hmm. You know with us, they call us up and we, we know who did the work and and we can get it, we can get it addressed. Oh, and
1: unfortunately the ba- the bigger the carrier the the higher the chance yeah. that there
4: wasn't even a permit to start Which with Which actually sometimes works in our favor too because they're so yeah. they're so busy dealing with Verizon and these guys mm-hmm. that we're really not a problem.
0: Yeah.
2: Don't be a problem. Good lesson from the day.
4: <laughs> and don't yell and scream and act a act a fool. Wait a minute.
1: You know, are we, getting, really are we getting are we getting down to do be a be? Don't be a don't be or-
4: well, I want to know if we can <laughs> unveil the new segment I would like to have every, every time with me, <laughs> Kim and Doug on here. Government Program of the Week. <laughs> yeah. Which one is it? I heard one NTI or something you said. NTIA.
2: The N-T-I-A. National N-T-I-A. Telecommunications and Information Administration. NTIA, that's a new one I haven't heard of. What's this one? National Telecommunications and Information Administration under the Department of Commerce. And that's, so, they are and they
1: are, they are in charge of the entire... They are in charge of everything. The FCC is not in charge of But since we don't know what the FCC is in charge of anymore, it gets confusing.
3: And it's not. <laughs> it's not the deal that We don't have a permanent administrator for the NTIA when they're right. the ones who are um, giving out the infrastructure uh, money if that bill ever gets passed.
2: Yeah, let's so. do an update of that, because I feel like right now it's a question and I don't know who's going to be in. We could actually do a bet here. Someone Ooh. has to send someone wings. <laughs> um, the question is, end of October, the infrastructure bill is passed with the broadband stuff substantially uh, as it is today. No, thank
4: no, no, no way, no way, no, no, way, no, way no, no way in the world. I'm in now.
1: Now I think I think there's almost hundred percent chance the infrastructure that piece gets passed, even if they dumb it down to a billion, that's still going to be roads, bridges, telecom, and electric.
0: You say so, a billion? So did you, did you mean? I a mean billion? trillion. Okay. Yeah. A
1: trillion. So, if, so even if they, so what they're trying to whack out of it is all the social stuff. So I think the, I think the hardcore infrastructure stays in, but end of October, there's no way I'm taking that bet. <laughs>
3: I'll take that bet, I'll take oh, yeah. that bet and say wow. it will be done by the end of October. And wow. I think that it will be substantially the same. I agree with Doug. I think all of the social stuff will get removed, but I think the broadband stuff will stay, um, for the most part, like the infrastructure part of the broadband will stay. No,
1: I also wouldn't bet on it staying the same only because
3: last year when the House passed
1: their version of this bill, it was way different. So hopefully hopefully, they get some brains and they look at this one and say, why don't we make it close? Because otherwise the reconciliation will be a bear. So uh, so let's hope they do that. So,
2: Okay, so it's, uh, it's Kim and Doug. On October 31st, we'll know who won.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah that's, really long? Long. yeah, that's not very long. That's only I three weeks. I don't them.
1: really want chicken wing ship from
0: Utah though.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
1: you know, are they, are they, are they well, no. are they? Are they not gonna I mean that's a, by the time you, by the time they either get UPS or whatever here or there, are they gonna be safe? I don't know about that. Either. No, I
2: think you know, you know, it's the uh it's uh twenty first century. I don't know, it's some century after the twentieth. And <laughs> Um, I think it's like one eight hundred flowers or whatever. <laughs> like you can you can find a way to get. You think there's one eight hundred wings? I don't know. Well, I
1: don't know. <laughs> now, I, gotta go now. I gotta now. go now. I gotta go. I have to go. I have to go. Google. Yeah.
3: <laughs> hey, hey, Doug. Don't worry. I have a family house in uh, North Carolina. If I get up there, then I'll like I'll go buy you some wings, Doug. If oh, I lose. But- but i won't lose
1: <laughs> well, It doesn't matter i'll buy you the beer either way so.
2: <laughs> well this has been very fun looking for we're going to do one years. of these where
1: you two are there and us two are here yeah no
2: we're i'm trying to, i'm very serious doug then in, on in 2022 <clears throat> i want to be at an event where the four of us are and we're all
1: talking with uh, <laughs> with a delay in our ears <laughs> Boy, I, how could you make how could you make that sound more attractive?
3: <laughs> yeah, we all get chicken wings. That's my biggest concern.
4: Oh, hundred percent. Yes.
3: Okay. We should we should
2: just
1: do it in a wing restaurant.
3: I mean, how expensive could those
2: Ooh. be to
1: buy out? Ooh. Ooh, so, <laughs> oh no, you do with all the background loans. We've already done one at an airport. This is no sure. challenge. Yeah. So, I like uh, this idea a
2: lot.
4: Pretty slick, actually. Yeah,
2: it says Travis would need a single wing.
4: I will, don't worry. Hey. I got to get my 10,000 calories today. I start now. Yeah. Hey, shout out to my buddy, Jay Hankey, who watched one of the best fiber builders I've ever met. Yeah. Well done, Jay. Yeah. One of the seven. Kim, feel better. Yes. Doug, yes. say hi to your wife.
2: Yes. Have a wonderful dinner. And next week, I believe we're going to be back in this time slot. I'm going to try and do a much better job of advertising it. Maybe Doug will even promote it, even though he's not going to be on that episode. We're going to have folks uh, from Longmont and Clarksville, Tennessee, to talk about their builds. And we're going to kind of go in depth and talk about (coughs) things that maybe they learned along the way and things like that. Excellent. It's going to be a fun time. So thank you everyone. This has been an episode of Connect This, and it's been. Oh, I'm back. <laughs> I was gonna say. Boom. So I want to say, and it's been our first real like live in person episode, <laughs> and I really appreciate Henry, who I give no warning. You you. I'm a nightmare for a person like Henry, who's directing this episode. So thank you, Henry. Thank well you, Ryan. Well thank, thank you, Roy, Henry, behind the scenes who makes this happen.
4: Well done. Oh. Shoot, it's five o'clock and I got traffic for the first time. I of guess year and I stick have...
0: around here for a while. Oh, good. <laughs>